Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the show. Great to have you along. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Tammy Alvarez. Tammy is an amazing woman who has traveled from the streets of Wall Street in New York to the jungles of Mexico and far beyond. So we're going to cover her amazing business career winner circle, which helps people in various different ways, but certainly in amazing ways. But firstly, uh, Tammy, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Ben. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you. And so, yeah, Mexico City, right? Mexico City now. Yeah, we just got here a few weeks ago Uh when we were living in Belize on a tropical island for five years before this. So we have definitely latched on to the digital nomad concept long before COVID was a thing and people knew what Zoom was. Tell me, what was breakfast in Belize? Because I'm picturing tropical fruits and things like that. Yes. You know, it's amazing. The country is too small to have factory farming and all of this. So Uh everything is locally sourced, locally produced. So the eggs, you know, look like they just came out of the chicken and (laughs) fish has just been caught and brought over by the fishermen and the vegetables are brought over on the island a couple times a week. So yeah, it is absolutely paradise in every possible way imaginable. Oh, very jealous. Very nice. So yeah, I want to get into Career Winner Circle and, and talk about the different programs that you run and how you help people both in their careers and in the business side of things. But Can I get you to give me a a two-minute snapshot of your career? Because I mentioned Wall Street, so people might be scratching their heads. Do you want to just give us that quick overview? Absolutely. So I spent my career on Wall Street, and ultimately, the last 15, 20 years or so, I was a C-level executive. During some of the biggest financial crisis that we had to deal with in terms of the mortgage crisis and all the just insanity, and I became known as a transformation expert because I loved change. I loved drama. I loved intrigue. And so obviously I was never bored in the jobs that I had. And my teams were always running into the buildings as everyone else was running out (laughs) and, you know, fixing the biggest problems and loved that. And so I did that for a very long time and just was able to make a really big impact. And by the time I left my corporate career, I was managing about 2000 people in 36 countries and there was just all kinds of chaos. And I remember being in the boardroom after an investor call. And we had just gotten our clocks cleaned again for missing earnings. Oh. And, you know, I was just like, I am so sick of this. It's the same crap, different yeah. date, different acronyms. It didn't matter what company I worked for. And I just realized that I no longer loved what I did. And so the timing was actually very good for me. My daughter was graduating college, so she was off the payroll. My big fancy apartment in New York was coming due in terms of rent. So I had decisions to make. So my partner and I decided that this was a great time to just bail out of the States, move to a tropical island in Central America. And that's when I started this company. It was about five years ago. So I had no idea what I was doing. Right? I yeah. knew how to command and control big corporate environments. I'd never been an entrepreneur. Quite frankly, never really wanted to. So I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to coach, but that was the extent of it. So I spent the next year or so making every mistake you could possibly make and learning how to get this right. And, you know, it's a never-ending process, but that's really what brings us together today. 
Absolutely. So those mistakes that you mentioned, were they along the lines of trying to work out what type of business to set up or was it more, I don't know, procedural, tactical stuff? Like how do I set up a website? And Yeah, it was all the things, right? So I built this amazing coaching program. What I had decided to do is I knew that I had to sell B2C because I was still addicted to the work. And if I had tried to sell business to business, I would have gotten sucked back into all the things that I didn't want to do. Hmm. And so I gave myself, you know, this benchmark come, you know, hook or crook, I'm going to sell B2C for three years. And then I will go back into B2B if that makes sense. And I had no idea how to do this. Didn't know what a funnel was. I didn't know how to find clients, you know, any of these things. So I built this amazing coaching program and it was about how to help leaders become better transformational leaders Mm. because I'd been on the front lines and I know how much people suck at this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is perfect. And, you know, my expertise, it all played together except for one problem. No one wanted to buy it (laughs) because this is not something someone will sell fun. It's not a pain that they feel. It's not a check they're willing to write. And it just never even occurred to me to actually check in with some of my clients to see my prospective clients to see what they'd actually spend money on. So I spent a lot of time building this stuff that I thought was amazing. I had advisory boards. I did all the things I thought were right. And it was just a disaster. Even with the advisory board. Yeah, because, you know, my advisory board weren't entrepreneurs. They were corporate people, so they didn't know Uh, any better either. You surround yourself, you think you do all the right things, and at the end of the day, well, you learn is what you do, and you fail forward, and you fail forward quickly. And so a very, very good strategy consultant that I hired, because I'm like, all right, I'm out of my depth here. Like, I got sucked into all of the social media experts and all these super influencers in terms of click funnels and this, like the technology and the complexity, and all of this was just making my eyes bleed. And so I hired a strategy consultant to help me. And she's like, you know, I'm like, no one's buying. I don't know what's wrong. I'm doing my funnels. I'm doing my webinars. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. She's like, did you ever ask them what they wanted to buy? What? Shock. Yeah. I'm like, no, actually, I never did. And so that was a big turning point for me in terms of leaning into the people I had relationships with, people who would come to me to see what they really needed. And the niche that ultimately found me initially was helping mid to senior level leaders do what I did and pivot out of very lucrative careers with a lot of toys and, you know, financial commitments because they also found it soul crushing and hated every Monday, but they didn't know how to divest themselves from that. They always felt that if I do something different, I'm going to have to take a step back. I'm going to have to do something different. And I've always made more, had more influence and had more fun Every time I made a transition. And so I knew how to do this instinctively. So I spent literally two days building a program. And that has been our signature program ever since. So we do a lot of work with mid to senior level leaders and helping them build the next chapter for what will energize and pay their bills. Because on average, our clients are doing something they've never done before in about four to five months and making 20% more, not less. And at their income, that's significant. I was able as a single coach to really be able to build a practice on that. Then COVID hit. So I was doing all my work privately. <laughs> it was still through Zoom because I was hanging out on the tropical island scuba diving every morning before <laughs> coaching. But COVID hit and two things happened. Demand skyrocketed, but people were not willing to pay my price because I was not inexpensive. And so I was like, okay, now what? And with lockdown, I had nothing but time. So I converted my private coaching program into a group coaching program. And then I just pivoted and went that route instead. And that went gangbusters for years. And then guess what? 
people started to come back out. People were socializing, doing things again. And then the need for private work started to come back in again. So one of the biggest lessons I learned is pay attention to what's going on. You know, flex and pivot quickly and respond to what your clients are telling you because when you do what they ask you to do, they'll actually buy from you over and over again. And that's what I found. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really great term or phrase in the tech world, which is get out of the building. I think it's Steve Blank. He's the sort of guru of the tech world. And that means a bit like you describe, you know, you create something, you think it's wonderful, and then you go out to sell it and no one wants it. So get out of the building, talk to people, find out what they actually want. So when you went through that process, what were you asking people and what were they telling you? Well, what I had found was I became a pro on LinkedIn ProFinder, right? So some of my leads were coming that way. And the lion's share, because I was, you know, I put myself up as a coach for three different spaces, career strategy, leadership development, and I think communication or something like that. And the lion's share of the proposals that were coming in were career strategy. And so I was like, ah, so, you know, I started to lean into that a little bit more and go back and talk to some of the clients that I had met with previously and really start to take a pulse of what's happening in the mid to senior level leader space. And one of the things, the biggest things that my advisor also taught me was to use their exact words. Because then once I decided, okay, career strategy is where it's at, I am absolutely, you know, the perfect Yoda to help people on their journey. I still wasn't resonating. Because I was talking in my language and I was yeah. still a corporate knucklehead. So I couldn't like decorporate my speech right away. Yeah. It took me a long time to get out of that boardroom lingo. And so what I ended up doing once I realized that her strategy was where the volume of the demand was, is I looked at every proposal I got in from LinkedIn. I looked at every goal sheet and every workshop that I had done in terms of what my people wanted for themselves, what they were afraid of, where they were getting stuck. And I started to do the analysis on what exact words are they using? And it turns out they were using very different words to say the exact same thing I'd been saying, but no one was listening. And so as soon as I started to pivot and use their words, I mean, I would hear on the regular, get out of my head. Like I read your email. I felt like you were sitting right next to me. It's like, yeah, there's a reason for that, you know, because what you told me last week, (laughs) you know, so, and I found that that really was a significant improvement in building pipeline, shortening the no like, and trust cycle, and really maintaining that immediate credibility with your desired audience. Yeah, that's really, really smart. So people listening to this, really it applies to anything, not just marketing or developing products or whatever, but using data. So whether that's content in a form filled out or feedback from a session or LinkedIn messages, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, compile that, look at that data, and then use that as a way to determine either the product. But I say it could be used in other areas like employee engagement, change management, transformation, use data rather than I think we should be doing something a certain way. And and that is a great way to do it. Even for business to business sales, right? Because when you try and put things in your words versus using your customer's words, you know, back at Mm -hmm. them, it just doesn't resonate. When you listen, you pay attention and you use those words again, then all of a sudden it's like, well, of course you're the smartest person in the room, right? Because you just emulated what they said a few weeks later. And so I found that's been incredibly helpful and just really relating to clients. There's so many people out there that just are not good at what they do that it takes a long time to build trust. And so when you do some of these techniques, you really shorten that cycle significantly. Absolutely. Some of your audience are executives who are looking to sort of change career paths and things like that, but they haven't left yet. So if you're still in that job, dear person listening, maybe you should look at your own company called communications and branding and stuff like that. And Generally, I find it's all about jargon and generic messaging. 
And I'll bet you, you're not using the customer or client's language. So there's a great lesson from Tammy. Tell us about the actual programs that you run, because you have a few different offerings. And I like on your website, how you've segmented them as well by sort of scenarios or situations or use cases. So yeah, tell us about what you offer. Absolutely. So over the past several years, we've grown, we've built more assets and more programs that our clients can lead into. And now we've got several coaches that deliver, right? So it really just helps us diversify what we can do in terms of support and also expertise, right? So we bring in other coaches to back our clients up. The three primary areas that we support are mid-level executives that are looking to make a pivot. And that could be, like you said, do I want to be an entrepreneur? Do I want to do something different? And so we've got programs that help you figure that out. Like, what is your next best move? We also do a lot of work in terms of leadership development. Mostly in areas where, you know, when you're in corporate, if you are a manager of managers for the first time, the rules change there and the game changes significantly. We do a lot of work with people who are in first time C-suite roles to make sure that they don't get their heads buzzed in, right? Because it's not a friendly place. And so we really, you know, help people that are in that executive role thrive and figure out the rules quickly because no one will tell you. And then in terms of entrepreneur and small businesses, You know, we have a CEO advisory program that really helps, you know, small and mid-sized businesses where founders and CEOs who have become a victim of their own success kind of figure out how do I get control of my company and fall back in love again? Because a lot of times you do good work, you scale, but you don't scale your mindset, your operations, your growth. You don't know how to do that. So we help them with that. You know, we do a lot of work in operational design or design for small companies to kind of figure out when do you invest and what do you invest in and how yeah. do you do it and how you do it safely so you can make sure that your company continues to be viable. Yeah. And we also work on sales performance. So if your sales aren't what they need them to be, whether it's B2B or B2C, we've got experts that also work with our clients to help them really figure out how to get their sales organization, whether it's them personally or a team and what's the most effective strategy. Because I think we've all tried those you don't pay anything until we bring you clients routine and find that that's just a miserable failure all the time. So what do you do when that doesn't work? And so those are a lot of the areas that we help our customers in. Wow. That's a tremendous range. On the uh, career strategy side of things, you mentioned that people might be in high paying corporate jobs and want to switch and do something different, but then there's that fear of taking a big cut and all that sort of stuff. Are there examples of the types of people or types of roles that people have left and gone on to do something completely different, but have maintain or enhance their income. You know, some of the more interesting examples are former financial services execs, surprise, surprise, right? Because a lot of them hate what they do (laughs) that made a pivot into a renewable energy startup. You know, so in terms of saying, okay, here's all the things that I know from financial services, you know, Fortune 50 company. And like, what do they know about startup world? What do they know about renewable energy? Like there was no logical connection from Mm. one to the next. Until you start to realize all of the skills that they brought to the table were so applicable to what this renewable energy company needed. So in terms of, you know, being able to negotiate with regulators, it doesn't matter what the regulation is. It's all alphabet soup, right? But regulators pretty much behave the same way. And so you can be able to do that and being able to really drive a higher level strategy. And so what I help clients do and what our team helps clients do is move from being paid for what they do to being paid for what they know. yeah. And when you're going into an industry you've not been in before or a role within an industry that you've never done before, when you use that expertise that you've built and you're being paid for your knowledge, then all of a sudden the game changes. 
And that's when you start to command the highest price because when you've got capabilities that aren't organic in that industry or intrinsic with that industry, now you're in high demand and in short supply, right? I've got a great client, one of my favorite and best corporate clients, and they've been in hyper growth mode forever until now, Ooh. right? And now, you know, they've gone public. There's pressure from everybody. It's like all these things. Now they have to grow, but like a regular company. Yeah. Right. With reduction in force and doing more with less and centralizing and all these things. But guess what? Everyone who grew up in that company has no idea how to do it yeah, yeah. because they've never had to. So when you're coming into an organization like that, you are like liquid gold and you can command top dollar because you are going to be able to show the organization a path forward based on, you know, years of field experience and being able to get that job done. So it's helping people, whether you're moving into an entrepreneur space or whether you're moving into another corporate space. Really get out of that mindset of trading, you know, time for money and really getting into that mindset. If you're not paying for the 15 minutes I just spent to solve that problem, you're paying for the 30 years I took to be able to solve that problem in 15 minutes, yeah. you know, and that's really where the high value comes in. And once clients see that and they realize that I'm going to do what serves me, then it's just magic. Yeah. I remember the first time I got a client where it felt like I wasn't doing much because I was just sharing what was in my head and experiences and things like that. And they got more value out of that. I went, whoa, there's a whole new world out there. It's a bit like that corporate fable, you know, the, the exactly. guy gets called into a manufacturing facility and something's broken down and he walks in and puts an X on the wall and says, all right, fix it there. And then they fix it. Everything works again after days of shutdown and he charges them 50 grand. How is it 50 grand? And he goes, well, it's 499999 for the wisdom, the insight and all that, and $1 for the chalk, you know, so it's... It's exactly right. But people don't make that transition fast enough, right? And so that's what we help them do. Brilliant. So you are helping them grow and so on. How do you actually grow Career Winners Circle? What sort of sales and marketing lessons have you learned and what is working for you? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I learned as a solopreneur, the hard way, is not to listen to the experts. When I stopped listening to the experts and stopped like trying to do all the things like the click funnel and the this, like yeah. all the things on social media that make you think this is so easy. And if you just rub a little bit of pixie dust on this, that you're suddenly going to be a bazillionaire. Once I finally realized that this is absolutely not working for me or my opinion, many other people, if any, everything changed for me. And so from a sales and marketing perspective, and we talked about it a little bit before, mm. if you want to grow your business, lean into your customers, mm -hmm. talk to them, Find out what they want. They will tell you. And they'll even tell you how much they'll pay for it. It really is that simple. So when I started to do that and double down on that, my personal business started to explode. But because I'm a Wall Street girl and because I'm a corporate girl, I am just a freak about process. And I love my tech. And so I built this massive infrastructure for me in terms of, you know, my coaching portal and my email automation and all of these other things that go along with servicing our customers and gaining new customers. And so I've got this, you know, really robust platform in terms of coaching tools, coaching programs, you name it. You can coach from interview to board selection and everything in between with what we have. And so now what we're doing in terms of scaling is we're bringing new coaches onto the platform because we find there's a lot of great coaches out there that are starving to death and that are really talented. And so what they do is they come onto our platform. They use everything we have. I've got a full operational team that supports them with all the things in mm -hmm. addition to just the tech. And all they do is acquire new clients and coach. Nice. And we do this in a revenue share model. And what happens is because they're not spending time 
trying to figure out how to do all these things and wasting their time doing things that don't make them money. And they just focus on growing their business and delivering epic service for their clients. Their businesses are exploding and we're all growing at the same time. And so that is our scaling model and how we moved from you know, single coach. I hired another coach last year to coach some of our additional clients to really moving into a full scale model, you know, where we are just full steam ahead. Brilliant. That's very good. So someone listening to this who is or wants to be a coach or has done that in their corporate life, they could potentially join and become one of your coaches in the platform. Yeah. As long as you have fun, because that Mm -hmm. is the first rule of all the things that we do. And you really like going out and building new business, this is a great place for coaches who want to do that. Um, There's a lot of coaches that are looking to work for companies that provide them leads all the time, right? And so there's just a different home for those types of coaches. But if you want to grow your business, we will help you do that all the way. Got it. And on the marketing side of things, because I'm a bit of a marketing nerd, what worked for you in terms of generating leads in the early days and what works nowadays? Yeah. So what really worked well for me was LinkedIn. I hate social media. I really (laughs) do. I hate all of it. So I'm divorced and broken up with Facebook and Instagram. I never got onto TikTok. So I'm like, I'm not there. I'm not starting. And I really doubled down on LinkedIn and YouTube. And once I did that, I realized that online marketing is really no different than in-person marketing. Yeah. yeah. Like someone sees an organic post and they resonate with it. You talk to them, (laughs) right? Somebody, you know, downloads a lead magnet, right? And, you know, so you ask them what they thought of it. And so I found that I got so bent out of shape about how big my mailing list was and how many likes I had and all of these stupid things that don't actually translate into money. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, the dime finally dropped saying, stop worrying about getting new ones and just love the ones you have. Yeah. And once I started to do that, then that business just started to explode. You know, and now most of our business will come from referrals, from our affiliate partners. We do a lot of work in terms of reciprocal referrals or Mm -hmm. embedding our offer in with other coaching organizations that are different than us. And so we do that a lot, you know, in addition to our organic posts and stuff like that. I mean, I've tried advertising so many times and it just is soul crushing. It's very hard to get the secret sauce on that. And so organic has really been how we've grown the entire time. That's excellent. Yeah. So for people listening to this, you may be an in-house person or a running consultancy or even a nature tech firm, an affiliate program can be an opportunity to generate extra revenue. Or in some cases, you might just simply be adding value to clients you're working with, whether they be corporate or individuals. And it's a way of either doing something reciprocal or getting a referral fee, rev share, that sort of stuff. So that I know plenty of businesses, it works well. Totally. I mean, we found that our close rates on referral business Mm. is 96%. Yeah. And so when we refer clients, it's the same percentage. So you want to talk about activities that are close to the money, right? Mm. Then you're really, you're going to be hard pressed to find something that's more effective. Yeah. I reckon, well, I'm past 200 episodes now, but the vast majority of people started their business with referrals. And so many businesses just kept growing with referrals, but most just by chance. So very few had active or planned strategies to increase their referral rate. So it's good that you're doing that in a thoughtful way. You mentioned, maybe it was just joking, but you mentioned you're playing rail funnels and stuff like that, but you mentioned a webinar. Do you run webinars and are they effective if so? I do run them, but I do it the lazy way. I invite guests because <laughs> I just get sick of hearing myself talk all the time, right? So I will bring in guests that I find are interesting to our audience that brings something that I don't. 
I mean, I brought like an astrologist in once and I'm not the airy fairy girl, right? <laughs> but she really, she does this astrology thing, but she relates it to business. And again, that's not my thing. I love yeah. her for that. And my community just went nuts for that stuff, right? I brought in a stress management expert, you know, wellness coaches. So what I do is I do, sometimes I do informational stuff, but what I prefer to do is I like to mix it up and bring different things because it builds trust. Yeah. And it makes it interesting for me and for everyone else. So usually when we'll do webinars, we're either highlighting a coach or we're bringing in a partner, you know, and then that way they have a chance to kind of talk through. I had a stand up comedian one time, <laughs> you know, because she talks about mentorship. And so I think if you're going to do it, then make it interesting and fun and not your typical sales funnel like they tell you to do. I always felt very awkward trying to close with one hour. It doesn't feel right. And it just didn't feel authentic. What I love to do, though, in terms of being able to do top of funnel marketing activities to bring in new people, I love challenges. Oh, so yes. whether it's a five-day challenge or whether it's a 14-day challenge, you know, I just find you're able to really get in with your new people and get them to know you better, understand what they're coming from. And I found that to be a highly effective way in terms of generating new business. So for people who don't know what a challenge is, it's a time-limited thing, but you would choose a specific or small piece of the overall puzzle, right? And then focus Correct. on that. Is that right? Yes, exactly. So for example, to support our career strategy work, right, we've got a challenge that's called five days to shift your career into high gear. Oh. And so, you know, it's just a five-day sprint. You actually get like micro homework assignments that are connected to our signature program. You know, we actually expose five lies that are holding people back from staying in a career that no longer serves them, right? Now, from a leadership development perspective, you know, we talk about inspirational leadership hmm. and we talk about like not just putting the airy-fairy behind it, but really how do you show up as a leader that people choose to follow, you know, and we give them scenarios and things like that for them to work on. So there's all types nice. of ways that you can help your clients kind of speed date through and I think one of the biggest concerns that, because I work with entrepreneurs and help them put their challenges together, is like, I'm afraid I'm giving away too much. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a really valid concern because I do see a lot of entrepreneurs that overcoach and they overcoach themselves out of a deal. Yeah. You know, so there's a general rule of thumb I'd recommend. And that is when you're working with people, telling them what to do is free. Telling them how to do it is what they pay for. Sure. And so you can give them all the what you want because the more value they get, they will say to themselves, if I get this for free, I can't imagine the value I get from when I start paying for something. Yeah. And so that is really where I have found the most effective top of the funnel work is done. And now there's so many platforms that you can use that just, you put it in, you know, you can reset it. So you're kind of doing it once and then using it over and over again, that it becomes a very time effective way to be able to reach new people. That's really clever. As you said earlier, it accelerates that no like trust phase or development scheme. You mentioned that you began doing the one-to-one -one work and then with COVID, it transitioned to group programs. How did you make that switch from a bunch of individual people doing one-to-one -one work to setting up a group coaching program? Because I'm sure that lots of people are interested in how you went about that transition. Yeah. So for me, my pipeline for sales calls was fairly full. Because again, like I mentioned, demand was through the roof. Everybody's was like, I'm getting fired. My company's going out of business. The world is ending. I don't know what to do. And so, you know, I had that robust pipeline of people I was talking to. And whenever they would bail out for price because they couldn't afford private, mm. I'd offer them to work in the group program. As a downsell. 
Yeah, exactly right. So instead right. of no, it's let's do this instead. And so what I did is my signature program was seven sessions. You know, that's really, you know, the length. They could take as long as they needed to, but there were seven official sessions that we mm -hmm. did for the career strategy work. So I brought that out to 12 because mm -hmm. you've got to go slower, right, with more people. So you want to just break this down a little bit, chunked down the homework assignments to mm -hmm. where they were smaller and more specific. Yeah, yeah. And then we just did a 12-week, you know, one live session. And I recorded the first one for, you know, for all 12. But then that became the training video for the next batch. Yes. yes. And so, you know, you can continue to reuse the work that you do as you're building. So I used it as a downsell and then recorded everything and then just, you know, continue to run that program every three months. Okay. So cohort-based every three months. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cohort-based I found is much more effective from a client experience perspective mm. because mm. they're all kind of in it together and going through it. So from a pipeline perspective, you've really got to over communicate. Right. But again, we rely on too much technology. Like yeah. the tech is good, but it's not going to fill your class. It's yeah. just not. There's too yeah. much competing priorities. So when you reach out to people, when you talk to people, like I knew by Wednesday, it was a five-day challenge. I knew by going into Wednesday night session, who would buy from me and who wouldn't. Wow. Because you can tell. Are they showing up? Are they doing the homework? Are they leaning in? Are they chatting on the, you know, on the discussion boards? And then, you know, at the end of it, if they didn't buy, because I sell every night. So what I do is I do a liquidating discount in terms of how I run my challenges. So if you buy day yeah. one, if you know this is your jam, you're going to get all the bonuses and the cheapest, you know, price possible. And then each day, a little bit of that goes away. That's cool. Yeah, because then you're not all that awkward. Oh, everyone knows you've got something to sell. You're not surprising anyone. So give them the option. And it's a much more conversational approach versus feeling like you've got to do the big pitch. And I found that that works incredibly well for me. And then once we get through that, if I knew, like they attended every session, they did their homework, and they didn't buy, I stuffed the crap out of them until they did. <laughs> <laughs> in a nice way. Sometimes, and sometimes in a forceful way, right? Because, <laughs> you know, as coaches and as consultants, usually we are not brought in to solve a problem the minute they have it, right? They have been on the struggle bus for a long time. Yeah. So from that perspective, you know, I knew in my heart, like I failed if you don't get in this program. I didn't do something right. Yeah. And so with that mindset, now if they bailed on day two or they just kind of, you know, skim the surface and they probably were not ready and you know i only want people who are ready so those are just maybe some tips that might help that's great now i know i need to let you go in a moment but i just want to ask in the coaching world yes they've been on the struggle bus but often they have worked with different coaches before whether it be one or a few so how do you and all your coaches within career winner circle get around that issue of oh i'm not sure about you because how do i know you're going to do it because i had a coach previously and it didn't work out how do you get past that yeah, it's a great question. And so the way our methodology for coaching is different because we do what I refer to as coach salting. <laughs> so a lot of coaches, they haven't been in that role. So they don't know what it feels like to sit in that seat. Mm. You know, all of our coaches have. So they are serving the same people that they are. So we do a lot of advisory work. I see I would probably hate us because twice today I'm like in coaching sessions, that's the worst idea ever. Yeah. Don't do that. Ah, yeah. <laughs> That's not in the manual. Yeah. It's not in the manual. You're not allowed to do that. And so I think working with people who have gone before you, you know, who have sat in your seat and know what it feels like hmm. and can give you that insider context so you can make better decisions for yourself hmm. is a game changer. We also have a process. 
So we're not showing up and saying, hey, what do you want to talk about today? You know, so there are specific programs that we use. Life gets in the way. So we always are flexible. But there is a sequence to get things done, no matter what problem you have. And when you do things in order, you know, then you've got all the best thinking that'll continue to snap onto the other decisions that you make. And we do it quickly, you know, so from that perspective, you know, our clients have an incredible success rate. We track our clients' success rate. I am a metrics girl. So I'm tracking ROI in terms of, you know, investment on coaching dollars. I'm tracking compensation, you know, how many times do they change? What kind of business success do they have? Because I want to know, like, this is not just fluff. Like, it's got to work. You don't do this just for the fun of it. You do it for the results. So I think with that blend of a process experience and proven metrics, that does differentiate us from other coaching organizations in a big way. Nice. And I was listening to a podcast the other day and the guy was saying, very successful guy, but he was talking about this very issue of previous coach was no good. His point was that mentors and coaches in your life, they got you to that point to where you needed to be. And then, you know, if you're, I have no idea about karate, but I'm imagining that if you start at karate, you start with a junior trainer who can work with kids and then you need someone at the next level. And if you want to get to the black belt world championships, you need someone who's been at that level. So it's getting you to that point. So it sounds like you've got a nice process and the people, and I love the element of fun as well. So yeah, we have to. Exactly. So just to sum up then, will you just explain to people who you coach? So if they could potentially refer to you and then what should people do if they want to learn more, whether it be around potentially becoming a client or a coach E or potentially becoming a partner in some way, what should people do next? Sure. Absolutely. So our perfect audience are mid to senior level leaders that want more for themselves. So whether it's a corporate career change, whether it's leveling up leadership development or starting their own business and running a thriving business, any of those things is really where our wheelhouse is. So to find us and to work with us, reach out to me on LinkedIn. So Tammy Alvarez on LinkedIn or our website at careerwondercircle.com. And we've got a whole team that is just ready to, you know, meet you, love on you and see how we can work together. Excellent. Well, Tammy, I've really enjoyed our chat. Thank you very much for sharing all these wonderful insights and advice. I've really appreciated it. Thank you. This is a great time. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.